Hello, how the tech are you? I am historian Matt. I'm a co-producer and one of the hosts here on the show, our weekly show about tech news. Uh, stay tuned to the end. I have a very special outro, so check that out. But other than that, I have two stories today. Both of them, it's kind of like it's not the actual story that's the issue, but everything behind it. So we're going to probably dig a little deep into this. But my first story is basically there are bugs in uh, Fujitsu software that sent people to prison. So basically Horizon Software, which is a, uh, a subsidiary of, of Fujitsu, uh, that was installed. Um, it, basically, they st installed a, a system in post offices in the UK that included bugs that led to 900 sub postmasters and sub postmistresses being convicted of fraud and a number of them were sent to prison. Not all of them were sent, sent to prison. And apparently the, the new information that came out is that these bugs were known all the way back in 1999 when the system was first installed and they weren't really noticed until about 2015 when you know, all these convictions went through. So the convictions happened between 1999 and 2015. And it wasn't until 2015 that people noticed, Hey, there's like, there's actual bugs that are causing these problems that you're convicting people on. Uh, so the convictions have been started to be overturned. Uh, only 93 so far have been overturned, but it's an ongoing process. And apparently like during the, this whole thing, like the prosecutors in courts, even though the company knew about these 29 bugs, they were not, uh, the prosecutors and courts were not, uh, told about the, the bugs, which could have exonerated all these, uh, people. So what do you guys think? So this is a case of software bugs sending people to jail. This is fucking horrifying. Yeah. So do we know like what, what was the software doing that was causing these people to be arrested? So I didn't write down the the details. Uh, it wasn't actually in the uh, this article because it's you know a story that's been going on for quite a while. Um, but from what I can tell, it was like I don't know if it was accounting software or like tracking software for the post office. But either way, it was it was tracking something, and it was just basically like losing track of certain things, which made it look like these sub postmasters and post mistresses were. Uh, basically like stealing stuff. Uh, and you know, it, when you're tracking software, it just looks like things disappear. It looks like thing, somebody's stealing stuff. Good Lord. Were and the, these bugs have been known for like 25 years. Yes. Were the, so were, were the items and I, I know I'm asking you questions. You may not know the answer to here. Were they, were they like items in the mail or was it like, stuff ha going on in the office do you know i don't know specifically but it was either like stuff in the mail getting lost or you know money coming into these post offices that were disappearing uh you know lose tracks i don't know exactly it wasn't real clear i from another source that i that i used what exactly the software was being used for so um uh, i think the higher ups at this this company that put out this software, if they knew about this, they should probably be facing prison time for this. Yeah, you would think so. 
some sort of uh so far there's only been an apology which i'm sure helps all those uh <laughs> people who are convicted yeah literally hundreds of people falsely convicted yeah like mm-hmm. nearly a thousand <laughs> some of whom are still in jail even though everybody knows they didn't yeah. do it just because it's taking a long you would think that Jeez. by the way and you would think that you could just release all these people that were convicted under yep. this and do the paperwork later right like right. yep uh, shoot first, let God sort them out sort of strategy on letting these people go out of jail. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is horrifying. Like, I've written some bad bugs. I've never written a bug that caused 900 people to go to jail. Yeah. That's fucking insane. Yep. Yeah, I've worked on uh, projects that were, you know, kind of dangerous if you had bug, bugs in it. And, you know, we worked out, we didn't have any problems, but yeah, it didn't have any uh, issues of people going to jail over it. That's got to be one of the worst bugs that's ever been written, or one of the, you know, however many bugs it was. But, like, yeah. you know, there have been a few bugs in, like, medical equipment that have caused people to die, and there were yeah. some bugs in, like, some aeronautics equipment that caused, like, planes to crash and spaceships to crash. Uh, but, yeah, well, a bug that sent 900 people... Well, it says 900 people were convicted of fraud. Uh, were all those 900 sent to prison? No, I think a number of them, because it's like, it was, you know, fraud. And basically, I guess in some cases, it wasn't like enough money in, involved that. So basically, they were just fined, basically. And uh, they probably lost their job, but they didn't, uh, they didn't actually end up in jail. So a uh, number and of now them they're- did not go to jail. I don't know what percentage of them did or, or didn't. And now they've got a criminal record for no reason. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, time. That's wow. Time to lawyer up, everybody. Time to lawyer up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there definitely needs to be a class to... action lawsuit that that sends Horizon Software into into the ground. I mean, this yeah. is going back. Think about this. This is going back to the late '90s. So the first person who got caught on this it might have been like in the late 90s and they've been dealing for with over over 20 years with people when they go apply for another job or try to do anything people saying you defrauded the post office yeah yeah and they, were, and they have to explain like no i didn't but i was convicted of it so there's nothing i can do to convince you otherwise you're right yeah. crazy town crazy yeah. town yeah well, That's horrifying, and the people who wrote the those bugs, I think the the people, maybe not the people who wrote the bugs, but the people who covered it up, like the higher ups, who apparently did not disclose that you know these bugs existed and people went to jail because of them. Those people should be imprisoned. Yeah, yeah. The, obviously, the this, the the coder or the engineer who made the mistake has no culpability here, right? Because there's no reason to believe that they would be like. No, leave my mistake in there. Yeah. Yeah, like that wasn't done with malice, but the people hiding it, that's absolutely done with malice. Yeah. Like you don't hide something like this because you're, I don't know, a good person. Like you hide something like that because you know it's going to hurt you. Well, I mean, that's part of the process of software, right? Like if you're a software engineer, you write bugs, you try not to, but you write bugs and then people find them and you track them and you've hopefully eventually get them fixed. But as we all know, like management has time constraints and they keep you from fixing all the bugs. Uh, yeah. Like there are reasons that you would want to keep a bug private, like keep a bug out of public knowledge. Uh, 
basically those reasons are if the bug is exploitable so like uh there's uh there's like a, a cve database of basically exploitable bugs that you could use to uh to hack something and those bugs like the kind of the process of that usually if everyone's following the best practices is you tell the company whose software it is first they're the first yeah. person like if you're if you discover the bug you tell that that company first give them the chance to create a patch and release the patch and only once the patch has been released do you disclose it to the public so that the public actually knows okay that is a security flaw and we need to upgrade to at least this patch to to be uh yep. safe from this this bug and then hopefully the company does you a solid and breaks you off a couple grand for your trouble yep yeah <laughs> yeah most companies do have bug bounties yeah hopefully they do you a solid and be like well you know you found this and that's great because if somebody else would have found this and started exploiting it this would have cost us way more than twenty five hundred dollars so here's twenty five hundred dollars uh, please, uh, but also sometimes please the leave bug bounties are way more than that. But I'm just saying that, like, I don't know the exact number here, but yeah, yeah. sure. Yep. Anyway, what else you got, Matt? All right, uh, kind of on the same theme of bugs, but uh, so uh, second story is Kayak lets users avoid Boeing 737 Max nine flights. So this is another one where there's just a little bit of a change. It's something that's happened before, but we changed a little bit, but. Uh, so Boeing 737 MAX uh, planes have had some issues for years. There were uh, a couple crashes in 2018 and 2019. Uh, that basically gave the 737 MAX a bad reputation. And of course, recently, if you've been following the news, a 737 MAX 9 had a door plug rip out in flight. Luckily, nobody was hurt or seriously hurt in that uh that incident um, and nobody died. The plane was able to land and, and make an emergency landing and everybody get out alive. Uh, but now kayak, a popular airfare aggregator is allowed users to filter out flights on 737 max planes. So actually they were doing it before, but the new feature is basically you can filter based on the 737 max eight or nine instead of just maxes in general. And also they've made the feature more prominent so more people can actually do it. So uh, what do you guys think? You're going to fly any uh, flights on 737 max planes in the future? Uh, I would avoid that plane. <laughs> yeah. Air travel has never been safer. I'm not worried about what kind of plane they put me on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's overkill. It's a, it's a lot safer than driving. Definitely. Uh, I, yeah, well, those particular if planes, you can avoid that problems. Plane. If like, you can't avoid that plane, why not? Yeah. It, the reputation is not doing well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I heard, and I haven't confirmed this, so don't believe me, but it confirms my internal biases, so I choose to believe it, that the, uh, the 737 MAX 9 was Boeing's first plane that was made entirely without union labor. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, but... Uh, the issue, so the, the 737 MAX 8 was, you know, the, I think the planes, the two planes that went down in the 2018 and 2019, and you were talking about before there were software bugs that have caused plane crashes, and that's, those are specific uh, examples. There are bugs in the flight control for, there's, it's not the flight control, there's a, 
software that was to compensate for some issues with the plane. Basically, they have really big engines. The engines are kind of too big for the for the plane. And so they added software to compensate it because the plane apparently like um, tips up when it's flying because of the engines. The engines cause it to kind of tip up a little bit. And so they have software to, to compensate for that. Problem with those two crashes is apparently it overcompensated and tipped it down. <laughs> and they went down. I mean, that's not funny, but that's not funny, but it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want your plane going down when it should go up. Yeah. And I think they've, they've, uh, found the problem and solved the problem with that since, since then. But now there's, you know, the door plug issue, uh, people are speculating that Boeing has been taken over by people who are more concerned with profit than safety. And they're taking, they're cutting a lot of corners and, uh, the quality of their work has been going down. I'm sorry. Do you mean capitalists? (laughs) Yeah. Something about late stage capitalism. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it certainly seems that way, right? So, yeah. if a door flew the, off, if a door flew off one plane one time, what if it's just a freak accident? So, there's a little bit more to it than than this. I just, you know, I read this article and some, and watched some other videos on it recently. But apparently, not only did this door fall off, and they found that there were some issues with the bolts that are holding onto. The, it's not actually a door; it's a door plug where there could be a door, but they put something in in place. But the bolts that were holding onto it were, uh, they think were were loose. It's you know they can't really tell. Well, they went and checked a whole bunch of other 737 Max nine planes, and a certain number of those also had loose bolts. And of course, they tightened them and, and fixed them up. And they're trying to figure out why these bolts were loose. And they think it might be you know, part of the process. You know, there's still investigation going on, so we don't know for certain yet. But they think it was part of the process of building the plane. Somewhere along the line, there was it had to do with like the fuselage of the plane was being transferred from one company to Boeing to to complete the plane, and some things that they were supposed to do in the process didn't get done, and uh, so it's part of like management uh, type issues. Oh, I would process management vibration. Together. There might just, be- uh, just call it a. Uh- uh, call it an unplanned exit row and, and <laughs> right. advertise it as a feature. Yeah. Oh, we can make fun of that. Nobody got hurt. So yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, what do you got HK? All right. How the tech are you? My name is HK Perrin. And this week I've got a, uh, a tax season related story because it is tax season. FTC says Intuit can't advertise free tax filing. The FTC accused Intuit of deceptive advertising for calling parts of its TurboTax software services free, even though many consumers were ineligible. The FTC's final order says Intuit cannot advertise its tax services as free unless either all consumers are eligible or they properly disclose what percentage of consumers will be ineligible. Intuit claims that it's always been clear and transparent with its advertising. Uh, And TurboTax was being advertised with slogans such as TurboTax free is free, 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 free. (laughs) Intuit maintains that they have not committed any wrongdoing in this case. What do you guys think? They could have got uh, so away with one with one less free. I think they would have got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> if it was just free, free, that would have been fine. Yeah. 
<laughs> so like Intuit was uh, advertising that they had free software. And I seem, seem to remember the issue was you would go in and, and start doing the free version of the software. And then it would say that you had something in your tax return that was more complicated. So you need to upgrade to the paid version. Right. Yep. And it was Oops. like almost impossible to do the free version. Oops. You're not eligible for free after you've yeah. done all this work. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like at the end, it was during the process. It was like, Oh, well you have this thing that doesn't qualify for the free free version. And sure, but like everybody had something. If that's happening to like that many users and they're they're not disclosing it, like I don't even know how many users it's happening to. Let's just estimate that it's happening to forty percent of users because they didn't say a majority, but they said a they said many consumers were ineligible. Yeah. So let's just estimate forty. I could be way off here, uh, yeah. but like if it is forty percent, like yeah, I don't think they should be able to advertise that as free because it's not free for 40% of users that's that's they should have to disclose that it's only free for 60% of users yeah so word to the wise real quick um one you, if your taxes if you're just doing filing as an individual and you uh, work a job or whatever uh you don't need this go between of into it you can do your taxes yourself uh, this is just you're just putting an unnecessary intermediary in there and if it's anything more than that Find a friend who has a tax person, a tax professional they think does a good job and charges them a reasonable reasonable price and uh, hire that person. This 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 halfway yeah. in between thing that, that all you're doing is putting an intermediary there who isn't a person who can answer your questions and uh, they don't need to be there. If your taxes are simple, you can file with the government yourself. And if you make a mistake, they're not sending the fucking Gestapo after you. They're going to send you a letter that says, hi, we think you made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you fix the mistake and everything's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I've done that where I I myself didn't make a mistake, but a company that managed something in my finances didn't report all of what they were supposed to. And the IRS was like, hey, you owe us a lot of money. And I had to go figure out like, oh, I actually don't. This company just didn't report what it was supposed to. Right. Yeah. But, the, these, but these yeah, they didn't say like, you're going to jail. <laughs> And this, this yeah, something similar happened to me. Yeah, these these Intuit is just trying to put their fucking nose where it doesn't belong here to try to get more to try to suck more money out of people. Again, if your taxes are simple enough that you could do it on Intuit's free service, you don't even need Intuit's free service. You download the stuff from the government, fill out the stuff, send it back to the government. If your taxes it are more complicated Intuit than service. that, if your taxes are more complicated uh, than that, hire a tax professional to help you. Yep. Yeah. It is in uh, Intuit's interest, though, uh, to lobby the government to make sure that your taxes, even if your finances are very simple, that your taxes are so complicated that you need their software. So I would say don't even support any companies that it's well known that they lobby the government to to keep your taxes complicated. Sure. Like in other countries, the government just sends you your taxes and you sign it and send it back. But yeah. this this halfway thing is a scam. You can either fill it out yourself or you should actually hire a person who will do it. It'll yeah. be more expensive than yeah, into it, but they're going to get it right. And if they don't get it right, when you and the government comes calling to you, you go calling to them and they take care of it, don't they? Because they you paid them to take care of it. See, like this is yep. I this 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 is this has always been bullshit. 
this this thing right here this has always been bullshit you've never needed this again one more time i know also uh, one, one last time your stuff is either simple enough you don't need anybody or your stuff is complicated and you need a tax professional there is no well i'm just going to use this piece of software that basically gives me the same information that i can get from the government but i'm going to pay them for the pleasure don't do that <laughs> Yep. Also, yeah, and you're just filling out the same boxes in in TurboTax that you would be on the tax forms that you get from the government. Yeah. Uh, also, if your com- your taxes are complicated enough, if you have enough high enough income income, hiring a professional usually is basically free because whatever you pay them, they get you more than that back from you know savings on taxes. <laughs> uh, possibly, possibly, yeah. That's- happened all the time every time i've done it with a professional yeah i mean there's again there's just two scenarios and into it's trying to get themselves trying to make a third scenario that doesn't exist yeah and you're probably going to get yourself if your stuff is a little bit complicated and you try to do it with Intuit, you might end up getting yourself in some kind of trouble and i don't mean they're got, they're not coming for you because if you're in jail you can't make any money and pay any more taxes so it's not really in their interest to really put people in jail especially if they just made a mistake but now you're yeah. gonna be spending yeah. more time then you may end up having to hire a tax person on the back end of this anyway. And now that you're in trouble, the tax person might be inclined to be like, oh, well, this is um, actually, this is more expensive. I'm solving a problem for you, not just doing your taxes. So you may end up spending more money on the back end if you screw up on your taxes using something like Intuit or TurboTax or whatever it is. And so just, just don't use this crap. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Nope. Don't use this crap. That was a good story, HK. And I, most of this I know because I've listened to a good friend of mine who is no longer in the business, but was doing tax preparation for a while, a very long time. And he, how he, you would not believe the stories he told me about people who tried to like use this stuff and screwed it up real bad. And then they were like, and they were like, they had to go to him and he felt kind of bad, like charging them. You know, he was like, well, you've already paid this thing for this thing. He's like, I'm going to try to give you a deal, but this is going to take my time and it's going to cost me this much. Now they're even more pissed off, but it's not his fault in the first place. So like, but I bet you they're never going to use TurboTax again. Yeah. So maybe he saved them money in the long run. Yeah. So don't use this crap, everybody. Either do it yourself because it's that easy or hire somebody because it's not. That's it. And yeah. yep, I agree with that. And o- <laughs> over time and over time, if you hire the same tax person every year, I bet if you have a call for them in the middle of the year where you just need a little bit of quick advice, they might not even charge you for their time because you've built a relationship with them. Anyway, what's your next story, HK? All right. My next story is you get to spin up your own cloud storage with HK's own Nephili Docker image. Uh, This is a story of my own software that I've been working on for uh, the underlying software I've been working on for the past year. But uh, this new Docker image I just put out today. Nephili is a web dev server that is free and open source released by my own company, Cyactive Inc. Uh, Nephili has always been relatively hard to install compared to alternatives like Apache and SaberDAV uh, because you would install it through NPM, which if you're not a JavaScript developer, you probably aren't familiar with that. Well, that has changed with the brand new Nephili Docker image. It took me three days of work to learn Docker and get Nephili working inside a Docker container. But you can now spin up your own home. You can spin this up on your own home server by forwarding a port on your router 
to a running uh, to your computer and running a dynamic DNS service like DuckDNS, Dynu, or Afraid.org, which is a a very oddly named dynamic DNS service. But uh, basically, you can have an extra computer in your house that acts as your own uh, alternative to Google Drive or iCloud or all these other you know cloud uh, cloud providers that essentially is free to you. And you can do that with my software, Nephily. What do you guys think? Nice. Could I install this on a VPS if I wanted to? Yes, you could. I don't want to. I was just asking. Yeah, you can install this. Because it's Docker, it will, it will run on anything that runs Docker. So it'll run on a Raspberry Pi. It will run on a Linux computer, Mac computer, Windows computer. It will run on literally anything that can run Docker. It'll run on a, a thing in the cloud. Anywhere where you have Docker and a file system is fair game. And so you said, I know it uses WebDAV. Is this like a, like a front end for it? Like, do you get like a, um, you get like control panel and stuff for it? Is that what's going on with this? Uh, this has both a back end and a front end. So it's a WebDAV server and it does offer a, a web client through that server. So you can go to the address of your WebDAV server in your browser and it'll give you kind of like a rudimentary, uh, file manager in your browser. Uh, I wanted to keep this version rudimentary because I want it to run on literally anything. You could go to it on the browser in your like Nintendo DS and it will it will work. You can go to it in the browser in your PS2 and it will work. Cool. Yeah. I was just wondering. I, I, I assumed that there was some kind of front end here. That's that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. My plans are eventually to to get this working with uh like cloud uh object storage things like amazon s3 uh right now it's just backed by the file system uh but i'd like to do you know amazon s3 or uh microsoft azure blob storage uh any of that and then also build out a an actual better like app for it so you can have the you can have the choice of do you want the the very uh not very pretty but still functional web app that uh, will work on literally any browser or do you want the fancy modern web app that will give you an experience that's much more like Google Drive very cool very cool yep. nice I don't know what else to say <laughs> um, alright uh, this show is not in fact sponsored by SciActive <laughs> <laughs> well Dave what do you got um okay yeah, i'm producer dave i'm i guess the co-producer of this show because i press record and i'm the producer of all shows here on echoplex media check out echoplexmedia.com to find out information about that including our podcast but of course with my first story um there's going to be a place where you can't find uh one of our podcasts uh anymore and that's going to be a google podcast because as google uh, never does uh they're killing google podcasts uh, it won't work up <laughs> after april 2nd uh, they want you to use YouTube Music. You can export your followed podcast lists for use on YouTube Music or other podcast apps. And uh, there's no word on uh, easy migration to uh, YouTube Music for podcast creators like myself. Do either of you use uh, Google Podcasts? Nope. I don't. Um, yeah, your uh, your joke was very apt. There's an... an 
a website in fact i think it's called google graveyard of like all the things that google has killed uh, they've killed things that they like they'll buy a company and then kill its product so they not for nothing, this, is the, this will be the second version of the podcast thing they killed. There was one called Play Podcasts for a while that they got rid of <laughs> and called Google Podcasts. Like, <laughs> Didn't they have like an RSS reader or something that people really love that they killed like a yep. while ago? Oh, oh I'm, still sal- I'm, still sal- I'm still salty about that. Okay, I'm still sorry. salty about sorry that. Sorry to bring up old wounds. <laughs> I'm still salty about that. And then they so killed, I, they I killed that. They killed that. And so I just started using Google Plus like an RSS reader. Because there's no other use for Google Plus, and then they killed Google Plus. And they killed Google Plus, <laughs> and that was horrible because Google Plus was the first like app. If I don't know if people were using Android phones, but Google Plus was like actually the first app that I thought looked really good on my Android phone. By yeah. the way, so yep. <clears throat> Google will eventually kill everything you love. So this comes, you know, like uh, the one of the big ones, Stitcher, went away a few months ago. And it looks like looks like we're coming to another uh, more more or less a duopoly situation here. It looks like we're gonna have for like normies, we're gonna have Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and that's gonna be the two defaults that people use for their podcasts. I know, I know, Pocket Cast is out there. I know, I know, all kinds of there's all kinds of stuff. I know there's a million podcast apps, but we're gonna end up with essentially a duopoly, at least for like regular people. Um. Because yeah. I don't, I I don't know what the hell they're doing with this Google or YouTube uh, music for podcasts. Because I was like, oh, maybe there's a way for me to migrate so that I don't, so that I can just put this there. And then I looked, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't understand at all. Like the, like on Google Podcasts, you just said, well here's my rss feed they're like great give me a minute oh your podcast is in our directory now i don't know what's going on with youtube music i i haven't received any emails i think what the and i don't know for sure but i think what they want me to do is put all my podcast episodes up as youtube videos and turn that into a turn that into an rss feed which i'm not doing I guess if they're if they're ingesting your RSS feed, they can't add their own ads to it. Maybe that's why they're killing it. But oh, they can. They should be able to add their own ads to it if they Spotify if does. they're if they're adding like if they're rebroadcasting, I guess you'd call it relaying your RSS feed to their own RSS feed, then they can inject ads. Yes, Spotify and that's does. Fine. Yes, Spotify does that to uh, one of our podcasts. Yes. We, yeah, that's weird. I don't know why they're killing it. Well, I assume because it doesn't have instantly have a billion users. So uh, <laughs> Google dropped yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't know. Like the thing they're replacing it with seems like, unless I just don't understand, unless I just go into YouTube music and then pop in my RSS feed and then it just repopulates. But then all they're doing, then what's the point? You're just consolidating everything into certain apps that are not really built for what you want to do. They've been consolidating a lot of things under the YouTube brand. Yeah. Uh, Like Google play music went away and pushed everyone to YouTube music. Uh, 
they had like a video, like a, a TV. I guess it was always YouTube TV, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I don't know, Google, I don't Google Play Music, yeah, what they did is they pushed it to, to the YouTube Music and made the experience far worse. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. So that's what I figured they're going to do with YouTube Music for the podcast. They're just going to be like, well, how can we make this horrible for both the, the creator and the, uh, the consumer? You get to look forward to the day that it's finally on par with Google Podcasts, which comes right before the day they kill this version. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> of course. <laughs> For now, I'll just use Spotify. I know that makes me a normie, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right. I got, I got another one here. This is a bit of good news. I know it's shocking. Um, NASA was able to reestablish uh, contact with the Linux-powered Mars helicopter. So on Jan- on January eighteenth, the uh, they had lost uh, communication with Ingenuity, the Linux-powered helicopter, and um, on January twentieth, uh, NASA Jet Propulsion Lab announced that they were able to really reestablish connection with the helicopter Ingenuity. Um, this is crazy because when the Mars rover went up, nobody expected this helicopter to even last close to as long as it has. They thought it would you know, be a couple months or whatever, and it's been quite a long time. This is uh, really good news for uh, robots uh, doing stuff on uh, Mars and other places going forward. And uh, this is really good uh, news for Linux, too, because, uh, I don't know, I just can't imagine it would still be able to communicate with anybody if it was running Windows 11. What do you guys think? <laughs> They just rebooted if it was running Windows 11. <laughs> um, uh, I do actually wonder what operating system kernel do the other machines use? Like, is it just like a, a custom Unix OS? That I don't know. I just know that like that this is like you'd mentioned Docker before. There's stuff in it running on Docker. Like I've heard interviews with some of the people that were developing for it. And it's, you know, the... Node.js. That there's like there are things that we all know about are being you know. I understand that when they go out to talk to a Linux podcast, they're just going to tell the Linux podcaster what they want to hear about it. But uh, I mean, this is this is. I think I think it's running like I think I think the helicopter itself runs like a stripped down version of Red Hat, and so it's like okay. it's like full. It's like not like customs. You know what I'm saying? It's all kind of what we would call off the shelf. Huh. That's actually yeah, I think really a lot cool. Of, I think a lot of the uh, things, you know, space objects and stuff out there that NASA sent out have been using uh, Linux for a while now because it's free software. They got engineers that can that deal with it and probably know what they're doing with it. Yeah, I think um, the reason so, they kind of did that, that, that on this is because it's a goddamn helicopter that flies on <laughs> Mars, right? Like, this is the coolest yeah. thing in the world, right? <laughs> <And> so. <laughs> Yeah, and the, the helicopter the helicopter on Mars, like it has to be it's so different than than Earth helicopters, because Mars's atmosphere is like one percent as thick as Earth's helicopters. So it would be like flying a helicopter like way above like the the peak of Mount Everest. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's uh, certainly different physics there, yeah. Not the physics are the same, but the physics for the helicopter are quite different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except uh, um, Mars has less gravity. I don't remember how much, but it's considerable amount. 
Huh. Less gravity as well. Wonder if it more or uh, less. Wonder if it more or less washes out. That'd be interesting to to find out. No, I don't think so. I think the lack of atmosphere is a much bigger problem. I seem to remember back when I saw a bunch of documentaries on the the Mars helicopter. But I was wondering, do you know why it lost communications? Was there like a storm or something, or do they just the antenna was not pointed in the right direction? Do they know? I yeah, they it didn't seem like. And he didn't seem to say why it didn't, you know, yeah. it's pretty far away. Um, it's yeah. not uncommon for uh, spacecraft in general to lose connectivity to home right. and then be able to then be able to reestablish it. It's just that when it, yeah. when they lost it this time, because it had been so much longer than they thought it was going to work in the first place. Yeah, most people were like, "Well, that's the end of this thing. We're never gonna, we're never gonna hear from it again." And then like, two days later, it was like, "Hi." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it it probably had to refresh a snap package on the 18th, and then it just took two days for that snap package to start yeah. again. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't imagine this thing is getting updates. <laughs> <laughs> and I would be absolutely shocked if it was using snap packages <laughs> no i couldn't see any reason um yeah they don't i don't think if if it's known why it wasn't in any of the stuff that i read or like like heard people talking about about this okay there may be you know there's probably some some way in which if things fail it maybe even takes the systems inside of this device a while to figure out that everything has failed and for it to like reboot itself or whatever that could be the case who knows maybe it hit yeah. the ground kind of hard and it just like passed out who knows yeah. <laughs> well i know like the like one of the rovers they lost connect uh contact with it and then reestablished it and the the reason that it lost contact is the uh the solar panels got covered too much and it wasn't generating enough power and, and so it died and then somewhere along the line the, the the panels got uncovered enough that it was able to generate a little bit of power and and reestablish reestablish connection so oh. i don't know if it was something like that or uh what yeah, I don't know if this thing has its own solar pa panels or if it like maybe docks with the main rover that has solar panels and it charges off I think of that. It docks. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know it is part of the main rover. I just don't know if it's like generates its own power. I would imagine it doesn't because yeah. it has to fly, and so you you know like you're like oh this thing has to fly, and there's not a lot of uh not a lot of atmosphere here. Let's weigh it down with some solar panels. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it could have been anything. It could have maybe not connected correctly to the to the rover i mean it could have been anything right and then the rover moved and it jostled around enough and it got connected it could be anything but glad that it got reconnected because they did not think that this thing was going to be like that we'd be talking about it in january of 2024 yeah <laughs> so good on that and um i hear matt i hear there's a um special outro there is a special outro so stay tuned for the special outro Oh, before we do that special outro, uh, I did want to mention during my segment when I was talking about the Nephili Docker image, uh, I made it seem like you could only access it from a browser. You can also access it from any file manager. Yeah, so maybe we could splice that back in. Edit there. that over, back over to yours. Okay. Giving me more editing work to do. <laughs> Hello, mortals. It's me, your favorite Lord and Savior, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks for watching. 
be sure to hit the like button and subscribe. Also, if you ring that notification bell, you'll give an angel its wings. So, what you waiting for? You can check out these links. They're pretty glorious. You can visit the website at echoplexmedia.com or subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash echoplex or buy some awesome swag at the swag shop at eplex.store. Have a blessed Tekken week. Amen.